Weekly Sauce, episode 52. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, episode 52. Last week we had uh, Joel Waterman of the Club de Foot de Montréal. An unbelievable guy. Great conversation. Soccer player talks like a hockey guy, but you know what I mean? Very weird. <laughs> it was one of those things I couldn't figure out. Um, as usual, we're brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. This past weekend, uh, some uh, me and some of the other Hot Sauce Sports guys, we went and we played at the Mike's BBQ Rub Charity uh, tournament that raised money for leukemia. Great success. Good stuff. Thanks to Uncle, uh, Uncle Mike. Thanks to Mike for uh, inviting us over, and we had a great time playing golf. Um, I still suck at golf, which is amazing, and uh, I'll continue to suck at golf for the rest of my life. I just, I've I've established that. I've realized that I will suck at golf the rest of my life, and I'm okay with it. Uh, but one guy that doesn't suck at the thing he does is our guest today, John the Bull McDessie, um, fighter in the <laughs> UFC, hailing out of RDP from Laval by way of Halifax all over the world. How's it going, John? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? No, we're good, man. We're good. Uh, happy to have you on, man. We're both big fans from Montreal. You know, obviously, uh, you and there's a handful of guys that still fight in the UFC that are from that are from. Uh, um, what do we call it? La Belle Province, they're from La Belle Province that, uh, that are still fighting and representing us and you're representing us in a, in a good way and a positive light too. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Where are you at now? You're in, uh, you're in Montreal? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm living in RDP right now. How's that? Yeah. It's good. Very good. I'm yeah. uh, surrounded by the water. It's very peaceful. It's pretty cool. That's it. Eh? RDP, is not, RDP is not bad. There's some areas in RDP you can get a little sketchy, but there's some RDP areas that are really <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm at I'm in the area where it's it's like where it's next to the water, so it's very family oriented, um, beautiful, uh, you know, and everybody's friendly. So, yeah, like close to Gwen, close to that castle there with the, where they make. Boulevard. The, uh... I'm next to ice cream gelato. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Boulevard Gwen. Yeah. Much yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to gelato. If you guys want good ice cream. Come to Boulevard going all the Italians, my my close friends, the the, the Italians, they, they own it. So, oh, it's great that I've been there before. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm always there. I'm always there. All so. right, I'll catch you there. We'll have uh, we'll have a gelato. We'll have a nice little. Uh, what do they got? They got biscotti. They got Nutella. They got mocha. They got all of it. Huh? Yeah, it's very good actually. Very good. You can't go wrong with a good gelato, man. No. No, it's amazing. Yeah. I love gelato. Yo, I've been looking for a gelato place here in California. Well, in my town, California, oh. and I just couldn't find one. You're in Bakersfield. And then, it's like the exactly. most anti-Italian place in the world. But luckily, <laughs> uh, this past Saturday, I found an Italian restaurant here. It's called Frugati's. And they had gelato, authentic gelato, because the guy immigrated from Italy and all that stuff. So he had all the tradition with him. What flavor did you and, get? Uh, we got salted caramel. We got salted caramel. Uh, and I also got tiram and the tiramisu. Tiramisu is good. John, what's your favorite amazing. gelato? Um, me, I there's, there's a vegan chocolate. They have a, they have like a dairy free. I try to stay away from dairy because I, I developed a lactose intolerance, so I stay away from dairy stuff, dairy product. But if if I if I do have a gelato, uh, I like the fruits like mango, strawberry, and also vegan chocolate. So uh, I'm not see vegan. I feel like I need the dairy, you know, but I mean, as you can see, me and Alex are a little ch on the chunkier side. So we like to eat the dairy and we, we don't care for lactose intolerant. We just get her. We just get her done. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> where are you? Uh, where are you training out of now? I know you had switched camps. Yeah. Well, we're, right now, me, I'm, I'm solo, right? So so I've been like kind of solo uh, when I branched out from TriStar back uh, originally, like five, six years ago. I went to uh, I uh, did some camps in Milwaukee. 
uh, now I'm at, now I went to Thailand and trained with Phuket top team. Uh, just keep developing my skills. Uh, now I'm kind of I'm at a point where it's like I'm I mastered my um, myself in a sense of you know because martial arts is essentially personal growth because you're it's one on one. It's not a, as much as people say it's a team sport. It's not really a team sport. It's an individual. Um, so I just kind of do my own thing. I have my own brand, uh, John the Bull. You go JohnTheBullMcDessie.com. I got bullwear and all that stuff. So uh, uh, focusing on myself. And the, my last camp was in Arizona, Phoenix. I uh, I connected with Ben Ben uh, Ben Henderson. Ooh. I work with Ben Henderson. I work with uh, Javier Torres, some Mexican fighters. I really I'm, I'm a big fan of Mexicans. Uh, I'm a big fan of boxing. Anyone that knows me, anybody that follows my career, it's no obvious. I'm always going to keep it standing. Uh, I will never, I'm never trying to take it to the ground. You know what I mean? So <laughs> my style, my style is, is very counter striker, right? So I, I like to keep it exciting. I like to keep it standing on the feet. So I, I, I met some Mexican fighters. Uh, so I worked a lot of my boxing skills. And uh, of course, I'm always working. I'm always training all my skill sets, but uh, mostly striking. Perfect. I mean, the thing is, is that you're you, you fight like a Mexican, right? You just said you like the way you make, Mexicans. Uh, it's head down, hands yeah. up, going forward up. all the time, just bang, bang, all the time. And that's it's yeah. exactly. I didn't. I never would have thought of it. That's exactly what like what you're telling me. And I was like, I'm thinking back to all your fights, uh, looking at your last fight actually against Ignacio, and it's pretty much the same thing, right? You just go forward, 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 and um, it's it's you're an impressive fighter, man, because you're a highlight reel away from just knocking a guy out and you just you take the punches and you and you roll through it and i didn't know that you were a solo i thought you were uh, well i knew you had left tristar i knew you weren't affiliated with them anymore um was that amicable was that something that you just you just decided it was a change of pace what was the reason there yeah i know i mean no there is no i have no uh it's just it's just like in life you just gotta things you, you grow apart and it's time for you to uh just when when things get uh, stale, you gotta just keep moving. You know what I mean? But TriStar is always gonna be a part of me. It's a you know I mean it's like a it's like a relationship, right? You're with a girl for twenty years, you guys get divorced, but people they, they make it seem like it's not. You know we we are emotional. Anybody that knows me, anyone that knows me, it's like yeah, it's normal. We're emotional because when you when you're passionate about what you're doing, like I've been doing martial arts since age of six, so it, it's not something that uh, it's not something that I just woke up one day and became a fighter. Yeah, you know, so, so it's like something that I've been doing for my whole life. So, so I, you know, sometimes we get emotional with words exchanged. You know, I know there was some, uh, uh, there was some, you know, bad blood in the past. A lot of exchanges, people, rumors. There's a lot of different rumors, but um, you know, I started off at Tristar, and, and I just it was time for me to branch out and be my own man. So you fought for many, many years in the UFC, and you you fought some really great names. Looking at your uh, career, uh, who would you say was your toughest opponent? I mean, every fight is a tough opponent. Everybody's always, I always like yeah. in the in the fight game. It's not like it's not like a hockey season or a baseball season where you have sixty games in a season where you can like you can have some bad days. You know, and and, and because of uh, UFC is one of the biggest organizations in the world, and the 155 division is so stacked, so stacked. So every fight, it's like your last fight. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you're fighting. It's always it's always more stressful. Uh, yeah. A lot a lot of pressure. Um, you know, like top of my head, you know, guys like like Donald Cerrone, um, yeah. Sam Stout. Um, so Sam Stout was a tough opponent. Uh, a, a lot of good guys that I faced that I was hurt in the game. Like my last fight. My last fight, I broke my foot in the first round. I broke my foot. 
I came from an ACL surgery, so my knee wasn't really, uh, my, my knee was bothering me, and I tore, and I had, I had developed uh, some pain in my shoulder. So at my last fight, I fought the guy with a jab and with a left kick. You know, I was injured going into that fight. That's nuts. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was actually curious, because after the fight, you broke your foot. I was curious which round you broke your foot. Now you're telling me first round. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's crazy. And, and, yeah, and, you've, I, and you won the fight. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. It could have been worse. You know, like, look at poor, what's his name? Chris Weidman. Some, some, some injuries, you're able to fight through it, and some injuries, your body can't do anything. Like, you know, yeah. when, you, when you break it, you know what I mean? Some things, uh, like, when I fractured my jaw, when I, fought, when I was fighting Cerrone, and I, and I saw my, I felt my jaw misplaced, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, do I continue fighting, or do I save myself? Because I have, I have to protect my health, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Like, I got to save myself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, for another day you know you, you look look at vikings you look at warriors in a sense where do i do i do i retreat and and live to fight another day or do i let my ego take course and continue fighting until i get knocked out like you look at some fighters you look at some fighters um just in general combat sports some guys they're too much of an ego and they're in there getting a beating and and that's gonna cause you long-term damage Sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to wave it off. You got to pull back and retreat and, re and reassess and reevaluate yourself and come back to fight. Yeah. You know, with Donald, Donald Sroni, I, I had to call a timeout because I knew that my job was more important than, than yeah. continuing the fight. And I'm, I'm, I would love to rematch Donald Sroni. I would love to rematch uh, Lando Veneras. A lot of these guys, they, they don't understand fighting. For me, it's mental. And many times I was there mentally, I wasn't on. And you mentioned Lando Venata. That was a, that was a, that was a big win for you uh, early on. Uh, you lost to Donald Cerrone, the broken jaw. I remember that it was devastating. And uh, I was in a room full of guys. You know, we're watching like ah fuck. You know, as much as we like Donald Cerrone is a fan favorite, right? So it's like he'll always yeah, be he always gets support. But like I said at the beginning of the show, when you're from Montreal, it's like you know you want the Montreal to win. And it was like fuck, man, this could have been like a really good fight. And it just unfortunately that's how it happened. Um, but now we you mentioned Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone is a guy whose last few fights he's been. You know, the, he's been getting knocked out by by things that by by punches that uh, normally wouldn't have tagged him or wouldn't have dropped him early on in his career. So it's an example of guys that you know that just maybe don't know when to stop. And I don't want to. I'm not. I've never been in there, so I can't tell you. But you know, sometimes you see it, and the first thing to go, they always say, is your chin, right? So as soon as the chin goes, it's gonna be it's tough to it's tough to bounce back from that. So hopefully, he's able to he's able to bounce back. But you're super smart, and the way you the way you think and your your thought process. Uh, it's always been impressive to me, you know, just following you on Instagram, following following your your career, and the things that you say, you know, it's um, and your battle with mental health, and you know, we it's 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 a uh, you shine a good light on the sport and on a good light of the of the warrior mentality. I appreciate that. I try my I try very hard, you know, to to try to be a, a good role model. That's it. So tell us about your your battles with mental health. I know you had spoken about it. You've been pretty outspoken about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone has mental health in different. In different, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to school. I can't diagnose myself. You know, I never, I never really got a diagnosis. But I mean, I, at the end of the day, we all have our own issues, our own battles, our own demons. You know, look at Mike Tyson. Everyone has a podcast now. Everybody's talking. I don't smoke drugs. I don't smoke weed. I don't do nothing. I drink coffee. I'm a coffee lover. I love food. <laughs> I love food, so so when people tell me, John, you should cut to 145 because Fuck that people, most people say like 155 is a tough division for me because relatively I'm a smaller guy. But then I'm like, man, I, I love food so much. There's so much I can sacrifice, you know. Like, <laughs> like I sacrifice uh, 
you know, like my, my fun time. Like, you know, I'm always in the gym, right? It, it, as, a, as, a, as a fighter for 10 years, I made martial arts everything. Like, I put it before my own happiness. You know, I would, if my family was getting together, I was in the gym. If my friends are going out, I was resting to go back to the gym. So it's like a, it's a sacrifice that a lot of the, the general public doesn't know uh, the sacrifices, the choices we make to become a, a, an elite athlete. So for mental health, for me, it just, I, I believe just everyone's struggling with mental health in different degrees. And, and I want it, and I'm causing it. And it's month, it's, a, it's the month of awareness of mental health. So I wanted to make a, a nice post on my social media. Um, I got a team also uh, who helped me with, with, with juggling everything, you know, because when I go into a training camp, it's, it's eat, sleep, and train, and, and, I, and I, I really turn off my social media. So I have people, I have uh, people who are who are handling my social media, but I, I'm also very hands-on. I need to know where everything goes through me first. That's good. And I mean, so, so you, sorry, Alex. So you mentioned coffee. I know the one thing that I need for my mental health is a coffee every morning. And if I don't get it, I'll probably lose my <laughs> mind. How, 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 how do you take your coffee? There's only one answer. Yeah, yeah well, I, I love Starbucks, but espresso. <laughs> Yeah, I love Starbucks in a sense of like uh, you know espresso. I like it dark, dark, strong. Uh, I like honey, and I like I like it with almond milk. And I'll, I'll I'll give you a That's pass on the almond milk or the oat milk. You know, I'll give you a pass. But I, you got to go black. Black is the only way. You just oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I burn your insides. Yeah. yeah. So so, yeah, exactly. so you so you were born in Halifax. When uh, when did you arrive in Montreal? Yeah, so my parents are from originally from Lebanon. They, they, they immigrated from the war in yeah. the 80s. I was born in Nova Scotia, Halifax, and at the age of, like, uh, say, I was very young, two, three years old, they, uh, they immigrated to Montreal. Okay, perfect. And now my follow-up question, so since we we're talking about foods, what's your favorite restaurant in Montreal? Well, I mean, I don't really have a favorite restaurant because uh, I travel a lot. And also, I'm a big cook, so here's the thing, ah. right? <laughs> I, I'm a. I like to cook my own food. I'm a little bit. That's. This is where like my mental health. My mental health kicks in. I'm a. I developed an obsession. I've, I have like a like a, a way of eating and a way of cooking from all the years of weight cutting, because I'm so paranoid of. Because when, when you when you have to get a certain weight class and always cutting weight, you develop certain habits and you can't go to a restaurant and start being very picky. So I, I just cook my food most of the time. But if I do go to a restaurant, it's usually a steakhouse, uh, sushi. I'm big on sushi. Uh, I love nice sushi restaurants, but I don't really have a specific. And as, 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 since you're Lebanese, do you have any favorite Lebanese spots or what's your favorite Lebanese dish? Yeah, dish? Well, yeah 100%. My mother, my mother. I go to my mom's house. Everybody's the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. you'll never find an immigrant that tells you that there's a restaurant better than their mother's food. Never. <laughs> no, man. I mean, nothing is more, nothing is better than going to your mom home cooking. I, I love oh, home yeah. cooking. It's something about home cooking. Like I'd rather be with a group of friends. Like I'm a type of guy where it's like you know you 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 invite come some guys, you make nice barbecue grill and you chill. Like I'm That's not, it. you know, like re going to restaurants is a little bit like. Or, you know, overrated. Okay, you're not. So you're not a foodie. Yeah. You're just a guy who likes to. You, you enjoy food with people. That, you enjoy the experience more than the actual like the actual meal itself. Like you're not saying, "Oh, my favorite dish is this dish." No. You're more of like, "Let's have a barbecue, some good meat, go to Adonis, get some good meat." We're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Adonis, man. Adonis yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But I, people, I, yeah, exactly. I get my meat from Adonis. You have to. Adonis is the best out of all They're the amazing. supermarkets. Is the best meat. Yeah, yeah, they're great. 
No, I was saying like on the honest intermarché and IGA, a couple, couple of uh, food markets. Yeah, it's true. IGA is pretty good too. But you, you know, you're paying out your ass when you go to IGA. That's the problem. <laughs> IGA is like super expensive. Everything else is super expensive, you know? So I go to Adonis. Adonis. I stick to Adonis or I go to like a local butcher shop, you know what I mean? And I get some good meats, like a nice ribeye with some good filet mignon. We're good. Slap it on the barbecue, and that's good. A little salt, pepper. It's all you need. That's all you need. Um, so we spoke about you. Spoke about your your uh, your favorite uh, fight. Uh, you've had some crazy wars, including the last one with Ignacio uh, Ross Pearson was another one. Uh, we could talk about Donald Cerrone. What was your favorite? Like where it was the decision war that you that you fought, where you guys were both bloodied. What was the one that you remember that you're always going to remember for the rest of your career? <laughs> It's a good question. I mean, if I look back, if I, if I really think about it, if I really reflect, it's not even in the UFC, actually. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. It's a Winnipeg, it was in a Winnipeg organization, CFC. Yes. And I, I fought, like, I was co-main event, and that was a good fight. That was a good fight. But I, I it wasn't, like, bloody, though. I finished, I TKO'd him in the second round, but it was just, like, it was a good fight. You know what I mean? That's it. And it, that's the thing, too, is, like, you, you get that feeling. So, actually, leads to my next question. I know you're not a ground guy, but what's sweeter? What's, what's, I, I think I know the answer, but what's sweeter? A KO win or, like, a sub or a submission win? Yeah, 100%. No, I, I know. I, it's always KO. Always, always, like, if you're able to trap the guy and, like, obviously everyone knows me for my spinning back fist, that, that was, like, it was a very, it, it was a hard thing to set up, you know? And when you set it up, it's a good, it's a good feeling when you when you practice it in the gym and then you're able to execute it. How long does how long does the spinning backfist take to like uh, to apply inside the fight? So you know it's you have it in your arsenal, but it's something that you kind of you have to telegraph a little bit. What's how do you how do you how do you hide it or how long does it take kind of thing to to kind of just make, say okay this is where I'm going to land it right now? Yeah, well that's the thing, right? It's like a mental it's a mental thing, and then it has to become physical thing. Yeah. So it's like you got to really. You gotta really visualize it in your head, and then you're able, and then you have to execute it. Because you see guys that are, that that get the spinning back fist, and you know they're kind of like, you know, they're stepping in, they're telegraphing it. They might switch stances just to trick the guy a little bit, and uh, and then as soon as they turn their back, the guy's kind of waiting for it, so he backs off. And the ones that don't expect it are in short distances, like the like your KO, and uh, those are the ones that are most important. So it's it. I, I like watching the spinning back fist because I see how much work. During the fight, if you rewatch it after, you can see the fighter setting it up, which is the same thing with you. Hundred percent. And and after your fight with Ignacio, I, I believe you called out. Uh, well, you didn't call out, but you, but you were talking with Nazrat Hakparast, and uh, you were talking about having a fight because I think your fight got canceled. I believe, right? The uh, you were able to fight him. Yeah, well, so so the thing is with the, the whole Nasra thing is, first of all, you know, it's easy to go on my Twitter account and when I'm bored at home, I'm relaxing on the couch and <laughs> like, you know, this guy, this guy, because the thing is that the, the reality is, the reality is um, everyone knows that the way UFC works is you don't really have options. You don't really choose who you fight, whatever. They offer me, they, the UFC offered me Nasra to fight, you know, so I didn't really have an option, you know what I mean? Uh, and can't he, say no. He, he can't yeah exactly he he pulled out he pulled out he was he was a training partner at tristar and me and fraz zahabi we kind of made an oath where we're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna fight each other but then then i then then that kind of was really weird because then nazra called me out and it was very it, it was a very it's a complex story so so he called me out again and i truly believe in my heart that like this guy has four or five fights in ufc i've been fighting since 10 years 10 years in UFC and I'm, I'm just tired of fighting newcomers 
like finding newcomers is not going to bring me any closer to the to the title contention. You know, yeah. when I fought Donald Cerrone, it was two weeks' notice, and I didn't have no, I didn't really have any preparation, and me, and I was kind of pressured to fight him at a short notice. You know, when, and when you when you're when you're not surrounded by the right team, if you look at Floyd Mayweather, what does he always say? Look at look at the high level fighters, high level athletes. What do they always say? You know, it's always about my team, the people around, the people who are around you. And sometimes you're not around good people. And I'm not. And it took me many years to like it's. And it's a still, it's a, still a struggle to be surrounded by right people. You know, you got, you got, you got people who are in, in, they're in, they're in, and they're out of your life. But they're not really there. If they're not there with you 24/7. The only person who's with me 24/7 is myself. You know. I don't have the luxury, you know. Not everybody is born in a fighting family. Not everybody has that uh, Floyd Mayweather entourage, you know. So, so Nasri wants to fight me because he, I'm a big name. He and 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 I and in my eyes, he's like I want to fight a top ten, top fifteen fighter. And and for, and the only reason why I would want to fight him is just to to just like these young little kids, you know, to to put him back in his place in a sense of, you know. But he had his opportunity and he pulled out. And this this kid is all over the place, you know. So, uh, yeah. so I, I I I don't know what he's like. Honestly, he doesn't even impress me. I don't know. You look at him. You go go look at his resume. Like who who did he fight? He didn't fight nobody. He's had he's if had some want, he's had some like uh, some like good you deals compare, and stuff. But yeah, but he hasn't. You, your your list you, is a lot stronger than his. If you compare opponents, if you look at opponents, I know I fought Anthony Nakua Jawani. I fought Donald Swanee, Sam Stubb. I, I I fought like high level guys, you know, strikers. Like I mean. So it, 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 it's all it's all the way you look at things, right? Yeah, it's true, and it, it's tough. It's tough because you're a guy who's you've had all these highlight reel uh, wins. Uh, you've been able to um, you know to build a name for yourself, and you know the UFC wants to keep you keep you along. But you also don't want to be the gatekeeper. You don't want to be the guy that all the young guys fight. You don't want to be, you know, it's sad to say, but we mentioned him before. But Donald Cerrone, Donald Cerrone, at this point of his career, he's kind of the guy that all the young guys want to fight. You know, like he fought Hernandez. You know, like he's fighting all these guys that. All the younger guys want to fight because they know that if they can beat him, then it gives them a little bit extra going to the top. So I respect you for saying, listen, I'd, I'd love to fight all these guys, but the reality is they're not helping me in my career. Do you have an agent or a manager or do you do everything yourself? No, no, of course. I have, okay. I have someone that I knew. I have someone that, that I work with, works with me and, and negotiates and talks on my behalf 100%. Okay. So, uh, Aman was telling us that the way that works with the UFC is that they call you, they say, uh, do you want to fight this guy? And if you don't say yes, if you say no, then it goes to the next guy. Like, you don't have two options, right? Is that how, is that how it's been with you too? You, you look at, yeah, you, well, you think about it, there's 600, I mean, it's, and it's probably counting, right? Yeah. All, like, when, when I came into the organization, there was like two, three, two, three hundred, four hundred fighters in the roster like 10 years ago. Now you're talking about it's crazy. There's a lot of there's like over 600 fighters in the UFC. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what, but the, you know they cut all the time. But they also bring in and now with Dana White's Contender Series, they're always bringing in guys. Alex, it's like, uh, it's, like it's like rolling the it's like rolling the dice. That's it exactly. Of course, um, who who, uh, who would be your dream fights uh, if if you had to choose one past like let's say like someone who retired and who would be like one current fighter that you like as a dream like not Nazrat but like a dream fight that you would like to have with a, with a name like Nazrat I don't know it's no dream but <laughs> Khabib I mean Khabib Nagamanov Khabib uh, Dustin Poirier uh, Conor McGregor uh, and even uh, Gaethje 
So you're mm. you're looking at the top. You're looking at the top four right there. Yeah, those guys are. Those guys are. I, I, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna test my my skills, I, I would I would let I, I rather test them with legends. You know? And out of all time, like let's say you have to like pick all, one yeah. fighter all time, who would it be? Out of even Conor, Conor, Conor McGregor. Conor, yeah. He's a, he loves striking, and I love striking. And he's a good. Striker. Oh, that would be cool. He's a good striker too. Different styles. Actually, me and Alex were, were actually talking about this before. I'm not a karate guy in no way. I just did jiu-jitsu. I wrestled in high school, and that was it. And uh, I boxed a little bit. What's the difference between Kyokushin and Shotokan? Well, Kyokushin is like Muay Thai. So what does that mean? That means these guys, they, they condition their body to take to receive a lot of punishment. They don't believe in movement. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't train strategically. They're, 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 their sole purpose is to hit you as hard and brutal and to devastate you like Muay Thai. Thai guys, they'll stand in front of each other and they'll go for blow to blow, exchange right the middle, yeah. yeah, they're you know, and then you have Shotokan. It's more of points point. It's more of a point system where they're gonna want you. They're gonna move, make you miss, and then they're gonna hit you like a sniper. It's more of a sniper mentality versus like uh, guns blazing. So who's who's the best? Who's got the best? I mean, other than you, who's got the best Shotokan in the UFC? I mean, I'm thinking about a guy what? like Leota Mashida. Well, well, here, well, here's the thing, right? A perfect, a perfect, like similarity, but they're more experienced than I have because I only did it for three years. Shotokan, you got, of course, Loyota Mashida has a very similar style, but he also adapted it to his own style, and of course, Tom Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, really? He, he he comes from the same background that I did, but he's been doing it for a way longer time than I have. Oh, okay. Sorry, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I thought you meant Tom Lawson. Tom Lawson. I was like, I, I, I Tom Lawson. No, no. I didn't think Tom no, Lawson was, uh, was a was no, a no, no. guy. Yeah, no Wonderboy. Yeah, Wonderboy is yeah. well. Yeah, Wonderboy is probably. I think he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love watching that guy fight, man. He's so smooth, and they they kind of fight the similar style, Mashida and Thompson, right? They have that wide stance on the t- on the balls of their feet, kind of pigeon toed, and they kind of wait, yeah. and then they they crack, you know, and that's uh, that's the best. So, what about Kyokushin? Who's got other than I think G- GSP was a Kyokushin guy. Who's got the best Kyokushin? In, uh, and you're, in talking about, you're talking about anime. Well, Kyokushin and mixed martial arts, at the top of my head, I don't really know who, who comes from a background of Kyokushin, but I'm a, I'm a, I was a big fo- I used to follow K1, and you got like Andy Hook is one of the top. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andy Hook was a top Kyokushin guy. Would you, if, if, so MMA is where the money is at, right? But you, you made a good career uh, in kickboxing. If kickboxing was as big as MMA in terms of, you know, notoriety. If it was big here, would you stay? Would you have stayed a kickboxer? Wait, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the funny part is that people don't. Most people don't know about me. I I never wanted to do mixed martial arts. I was I was I was always attracted to, to kickboxing K one, but I can't. But it was there was no no way you can make a living out of K one. And obviously, it's all the way in Asia and Japan. And I live in Montreal, so mm. like ideally, it wasn't any good benefits. And also, you need to have good connection. You need to have good contact. Like to be a fighter is one thing, but this is a business. People don't even know. Like people don't understand the business, and you need you need to have good people around you to to be able to like to to uh, help you get there. As many as many good fighters, as many successful fighters as there have been, there's been a hundred times more guys that didn't succeed, and that's the reality. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's not even, the sad part is the dark side of mixed martial arts. The dark side is the business aspect that people don't know. Alex, last question before we let uh, John go. Um, what did you 
in each of those gyms you've been to, so, so you've been at TriStar, you've been at Rufu Sports, and now you're with uh, MMA Lab, I believe, right? I'm associated so, with MMA Lab, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is something that you've learned in each of those gyms? Also, before I forget, also UKF. I don't want to. I don't want to leave out my other friend. Okay, uh, UKF. Yeah, because Javier Javier Torres is a uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he was he was he was in my corner. Ben Henderson couldn't make it because he tore his ACL. But you know how it is. You got to be very. Ben don't. I, I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to leave out anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but the way, well, you know, if I wanted to be the best. You want to surround yourself with good fighters, you know. Okay. So I was I was very fortunate, you know, to to surround myself with good fighters. You know, like I trained, I, I trained. Uh, I was always on the undercard of George St. Pierre, and then uh, I went to Anthony Pettis. I trained with Anthony Pettis, and now I'm training with Ben Henderson. So it's, it's these guys are it's great ways. It's a great way to learn, you know. So it's it's experience. My goal is just to get uh, is to absorb, observe, absorb knowledge and experience, and just and just to see, you know. What I mean, just I mean, for me, life is not about restriction. I hate being, I hate feeling restricted. I feel like <clears throat> there's so much out there as a human being and to grow. That's why uh, I developed a mindset of open mind, free spirit. You know, you know that saying people keep on saying, free spirit, open mind. Is letting go of your ego. You gotta let go of, uh, you know, like feeling stuck. I don't like to feel stuck. So you gotta open your mind and open your horizon and travel the world and, and experience. You have to experience. I assume you, yeah. you you're you're a meditation guy and a yoga guy. Uh, I meditate, but it's different type of meditation. I I adopted a, a meditation of stoicism. It's a way of thinking. Meditation for me is not uh, sitting down at a at a position and. And making weird noises you know my uh, my way of meditating is, is a philosophy it's a mindset it's the way you think it's the way you approach obstacles and stoicism is something i got i got introduced to and i find that's very practical good i mean because i was going to ask you what are your tips for me to meditate because i got to calm my brain down i'm all over the place <laughs> but but that's the thing brother that's the thing you cannot calm your brain down <laughs> See, you have to accept it. You have to accept it like 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 water, like the ocean. So like you, you have to accept the thoughts. You have to accept your thoughts, and you just have to try to uh, find clarity. And by clarity is for me is through exercising. When you're when you're in motion, tension is released, right? Like yeah. well, if you're if you're sitting there and just going through your thoughts, then you're not going to be happy. So it's like running. It's like Bruce Lee always said it, right? Be like water. Why does he say be like water? Because well, when you're flowing, when when stale water becomes dead, right? If you stop moving, you just you just stale. If you sit there, it's not healthy because you need to connect everything: mind, body, and spirit. You can't just connect the mind. You have to. Everything has to work together. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you tell me a lot of things here, John, and I, you know, and I, I understand them. I know where you're talking about, but now. There's never, I'm, I guarantee, I don't think I'll ever be able to like place them and like slow it down. Like sometimes, like I, like I know I can I can dumb it down and I can veg and I can just like kind of like forget about the world, right, for like a day. But then like like that's su- that's Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday, watch the fights, wake up Sunday, do whatever, and then Monday we come back and then me, Alex, and the rest of the guys were in our group chats and we're talking about how to organize the week, you know. So it's like we're all uh, I'm all over the place all the time. But I've always wanted to. Med- I used to do yoga a lot and it was great, but I wanted to meditate. But you're right about the movement, At, like especially after like a jujitsu class. I don't think I can explain to you the feeling that of 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 um, of emptiness my brain has after a jujitsu class. 
and it's not a bad emptiness. It's not like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like as if I left everything there, all the negative there, and I'm just flowing. And I use the word. And uh, the same thing with now I started riding bikes, and it's the same way. I agree with you. Keep going. Keep moving, and you'll be fine. And exercise is probably the best way to do it. Well, here's the thing, brother. We're all, we are all made of energy. It's, we're all particles of energy. I know it sounds crazy, but we're all energy, and you, have to, you just have to find an outlet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, what's your outlet? <laughs> Beer, alcohol. <laughs> Pick Whitney. Honestly, um, watching sports, man. Yeah, it's it, it, it keeps my mind off. Uh, but soon, hopefully soon, uh, if everything goes all right, I'm going to be starting my um, jiu-jitsu classes, and I will be starting boxing as well. So. You know, you messaged me about jiu-jitsu probably like six months ago, seven months ago. It's it's not. I can't yet. Not yet. <laughs> if I if you lived in Montreal, I would have drag. I would have dragged. Of you course. No, 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 no. If if I was in Montreal right now, because because I'm right, right now, it's all about the the business and stuff. Yeah, or the U.S. and all my my. Oh, your uh, papers. Yeah, my my my, my visa and stuff. Trying to get ready and stuff. So I'm trying to finish this first. Get that get that off my mind, and then start my you know routine. You got to do it, man. Listen to Coach John over here. John's telling, John's telling you, you got to <laughs> move. Course. You can't fucking sit down all day and do nothing. You got to move. Ah, uh, oh, work. It'll walk. There you go. John, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. That was awesome. Uh, we're huge fans. We really appreciate you taking the time. I hope you had a good time with us. We had a great time with you. Yeah, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, let's, let's do another. Let's, let's try to do it another time. Absolutely, man. We'll do it again. Of course. We'll do it maybe one, before one of your fights or after one of your next fights. Which is we don't know yet to be determined, Nazrat or not Nazrat. Hopefully it is, so we can end, we, we can end that saga. Or if not, maybe you get a top ten guy, and uh, we can start moving you up the ranking so you can get to that title shot, John. Thank Appreciate you, it, man. Again, this episode is brought to you by Mike's PBQ Rub. Visit Mike's PBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce Ten for ten percent off the entire site. If you want some, uh, if you want a really nice sweater like the one John's wearing right now, where can they buy it, John? Yeah, man. If you go on my Instagram, you have the link Bullwear uh, underscore TM. Um, also, uh, I'm starting a, a, another affiliation, bullnutrition.com supplements. So, and I'm also uh, working at a gym in RDP. So, hopefully, I have my own facility to train and coach people. Nice, good stuff there. What's the gym? Is it open, or can you name it? No, no, it's it's still it's still getting uh, it's still getting uh, ramped up. It's it's brand it's, it's a new development we're opening up. Nice. Um, well, I'll be there definitely. Uh, so, again, John, appreciate you coming on, Alex. As always, peace. <laughs>